Today is Tuesday, March 16th. The title for our devotional is Prayer in the Secret Place. Yesterday we looked at the negative imperative in Jesus' teaching on prayer. He tells his followers not to pray like the hypocrites who pray just to be seen by others. Today we will focus on how Jesus' followers should pray. In Matthew 6, 5-6, through 6, again, Jesus says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Here, Jesus tells his followers to, quote, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. It seems the antidote to hypocritical public prayer is to develop a robust prayer life in solitude. Jesus is unmistakably clear in his description. Go into your room, close the door, and pray. The prayer life Jesus calls his followers to develop is one in solitude. Driving his point further, he reminds his followers that the Father is unseen and that he sees what is done in secret. These two words here, translated unseen and secret, are really translations of the same word in the Greek. The implication is that although nobody else is there, God is there. God sees because he is, quote, in the secret place, as the New King James Version translates it. So when disciples pray in secret, they are then rewarded by the Father. Jesus here seems to have no qualms about holding out the rewards of prayer. He doesn't spell out what those rewards are, but it is in contrast to the rewards of praying hypocritically in public. So the likely option is God's presence and affirmation of such prayers in the secret place is the reward. But Jesus doesn't specifically say, so we shouldn't press this too far. We do know, however, he will reward the genuine prayer in solitude. Next week, we will look at how we should pray when we are in solitude as we walk through the Lord's Prayer. For additional content today, we're going to read a little bit more from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together. We read a small portion of the beginning of chapter 3 yesterday. The title of this chapter is The Day Alone, so I thought it would be fitting for our topic on solitude. So the purpose of this book is about Christian community. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor in the middle 20th century in Germany, uh, where he resisted the Nazi regime and Hitler. So he's a very deep thinker, and he's got a lot of good stuff in here to say about Christian community. So I thought I'd read a portion of it for us here. He goes on in a section titled Solitude and Silence. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. He will only do harm to himself and to the community. Alone you stood before God when he called you. Alone you had to answer that call. Alone you had to struggle and pray. And alone you will die and give an account to God. You cannot escape from yourself, for God has singled you out. If you refuse to be alone, you are rejecting Christ's call to you. And you can have no part in the community of those who are called. Quote, the challenge of death comes to us all and no one can die for another. 
Everyone must fight his own battle with death by himself alone. I will not be with you then, nor you with me. There he's quoting famous German theologian of the 16th century, Martin Luther. But the reverse, he says, is also true. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Into the community you are called. The call was not meant for you alone. In the community of the called you bear your cross. You struggle, you pray. You are not alone, even in death. And on the last day, you will be only one member of the great congregation of Jesus Christ. If you scorn the fellowship of the brethren, you reject the call of Jesus Christ, and thus your solitude can only be hurtful to you. Quote, if I die, then I am not alone in death. If I suffer, they, the fellowship that is, suffer with me. Again here quoting Martin Luther. We recognize then that only as we are within the fellowship can we be alone. And only he that is alone can live in the fellowship. Only in the fellowship do we learn to be rightly alone, and only in aloneness do we learn to live rightly in the fellowship. It is not as though the one precedes the other. Both begin at the same time, namely with the call of Jesus Christ. Each by itself has profound pitfalls and perils. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into the void of words and feelings, and one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity self-infatuation, and despair. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community be aware of being alone. Along with the day of the Christian family fellowship together, there goes the lonely day of the individual. This is as it should be. The day together will be unfruitful without the day alone, both for the fellowship and for the individual. For reflection time today, I want you to just think of your private prayer life. Is it a priority in your life to find solitude and there pray to God? Do you have a regular time set up for it? A regular place? We will talk more about this all week, but for today, just reflect on your current practice of private prayer.